<laughs> All right, so this is Brennan Taylor, and I'm here with my good friend Glenn. He's actually my roommate, and he has quite an interesting story, as I've I've come to learn. And he's he's a world traveler. It seems like. Oh, you know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he's he's a ma- he's a man that's been everywhere, and but he's really he's also never been anywhere anywhere too long. So he's kind of been, I guess, nowhere in a sense too. So that's deep. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your first time in the states, right? Mm-hmm. Like real. I mean, I guess you visited the states a few times, but yeah, this is my first time living in the United States. Okay, so where where else have you lived? Uh, well, I spent like a year in Scotland when I was a baby. <laughs> then like we moved to Belgium for three years, and that's where my little brother was born. Then we moved to Iceland, and there we had like three houses. We were like going all over the country, we went to Keltivik, Reykjavik, down by the bay. Then. After four years there, we took a ferry down to Denmark and then drove down to the Netherlands. Lived there for four years. Uh, then we moved from Van Hoeken down to Den Haag. It was kind of nice. Then we moved from there to Mongolia. That was my first time in Asia. It was really cool. It was down in Ulaanbaatar. That was two years. Then we moved to England from Mongolia for four years and lived in London. And so, like, since you've always lived in big cities, like, I guess there's, I guess, between... City life and rural life, it's a little different. But so how did, how did like big city life like socially work there compared to like city life over here in like Seattle and Bellingham? Um, well, when I was like trying to like, I went to high school, like there's always like, that was my primary social base is like with my classmates or whatever. And um, like when I was in London, for instance, like also did Boy Scouts because that's where like all the Americans who are also in London, who won did Boy Scouts, did Boy Scouts. I mean, just like did activities, did merit badges, ranks, and like me and the older Scouts would hang out once in a while. There's one time we went down to a pub, none of the parents knew. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In Korea, like I I didn't go to school or anything. I went there like right after I graduated from high school. So I didn't have any like prior connections or anything. So. Most of the friends that I made in Korea were, like, a lot older. Like, they're the people I worked with in the American Citizen Services, and we had locally employed staff. So these are people who were either going to university getting their master's or already had their master's and was doing this as a full-time job. And, like, just, like, the age groups were always a little different. And, like, and Mongolia was quite obvious. Well, like, I was in middle school, so all my friends were, like, from middle school, and, like... When I was in London, I got an opportunity to travel around a lot as well. I went down to Paris, went to the Netherlands, like, representing my school, the United, United Nations team, and, like, always made networks there or going to camp for, like, Discovery Week and stuff. I, you have that in the States too, right? Discovery Week? Can you explain it? Well, it's like, you know, you as a class and you go off to a different place and you just do, like, activities, like, icebreaking and stuff. Um, I guess a little bit. I mean... Back in high, back when I was in high school, I I went on a trip to the East Coast for a week with my my classmates, and it was a nice little bonding experience. But yeah, yeah, yeah that was more or less like we stayed in the country as well. Just like went up to Wales, went to Devon, and it was kind of nice. Just like yeah, it's like just like social networks and stuff. It's just like I purely like depending you know, like on like what I did. But what I liked about London though is that there are so many things you could do. They can make all, meet all these people and make all these friends. Whereas, like, there's just like there's not so much to do for me here because I don't have much experience of like, I don't have any high school friends here who know 
like about things to do in Seattle and Bellingham or things to me to do. So my networks purely relied on my dorm club, on my dorm, on like my floor mates or the people I met in my classes or my clubs. It's like what I wanted to do depended on my network pretty much. Alrighty, so is um since you it sounds like you're a pretty social guy most of the time in your life, um, is it was it any different making friends here in the States than it was anywhere else in the world or is it kind of the same or is it like different kind of I don't know, different techniques to making friends, I guess? Uh well for me like it's always been easier like meeting me making friends like knowing that I'd only be there for like a week or like a couple days. I mean, thank God for Facebook. <laughs> but like it's I feel it's easier for me like to go to a conference down in Paris and like meet these people and just like talk to them and like get to know about their stories and stuff and like knowing that I was gonna be going and then part and then part ways after like your short brief sp- spans together I guess well yeah something like that I mean might as well like in high school it's just I wasn't as social I guess, because, like, down then, I guess it must have gotten to me that, like, I was going to be leaving again anyway. I already had my mind set that I was going to be coming to the university in the States for my university degree. So, like, I didn't really branch out. I wasn't, like, as social within my high school sphere. I mean, sure, I had the Boy Scouts and archery and, like, was friends with them and stuff. But, like, it was more professional in the U.S. I felt more like we were all there to do, like, just one thing. It's got degrees and stuff. And, like, they'd go out and party once in a while and I joined them but I didn't really feel like as connected because like, I didn't have the same whole background thing or whatever because like, they're always like either like it was easier for them to find connections with, like people who live in the US and moved to the UK or people who live in the UK or like people who came from like a specific country rather than like all these pieces of countries and stuff it's just like and that's my excuse for not being a social guy, I had to say, I, like within my high school sphere. But when I changed that, came here to uh, the U.S., tried. <laughs> it's been fun, to say the least. Okay. Slow, I'm slowly getting there. So, so you're, are you trying? I guess you're trying to make, guess, try to get on your longer term friendships rather than more. More friendship than professional colleagues, I guess. Yeah, more that more or less. Like the setting here would be kind of different, say, because like we're all, like, probably even more so in London, because like we're college students and mm-hmm. we're all like taking out loans or at least like realize how much money is going into this degree that we're all trying to get. But coming here, I don't feel the professionalism as much as I did in the UK, and that was when we were getting a high school degree. Whereas here in the US, is like. I don't know. I feel like there's less of a priority on academics as it is just so it's, living. It's, so you're like, I guess you're you're not really interacting with people in like a professional manner anymore. You're trying to, I don't know, be a little more laid little, back. Yeah, low I guess, key, low chill, key, like take yeah, it easy. relaxed and stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, we like those kind of people in the UK too. Mm-hmm. Just like there's more of a need to be here if you're going to be like socially like, mobile because I like, know one likes. I don't know. That's just the vibes I'm getting. That's kind of feeling. <laughs> so do you do you feel like you're you're growing stronger friendships here, or do you think you have? Oh, strong, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like the friends I made here, like it's probably because as well, because like the moment I leave, like Sigma, for instance, and like when I move out and I come back, I go to Korea and I come back the following year, and there's a high chance I might not see most of the people that I'm living with again. And that's probably why I'm, like, able to 
well, that's why I feel so good here, <laughs> like socially and stuff. Able to like do the things I want to do, like with these people in my doors, or like as well as my clubs. But like I know that some of the people from my MUN club is going to be transferring out. Most of my seniors anyway, they're going to be leaving, so I feel probably more friendly. Like as well as being on the core system as well, since it's so much shorter than like the semester system or whatever. It's like the people I meet my classmates, I tend to be a lot more friendlier there as well. Just. It's a pretty short-term base for a four-year degree. <laughs> so kind of going off what you just said about, like, the quarters and stuff, how does how does school here feel different than in the other in other in the other countries you've lived in? I mean, I know it's college and all, yeah. but how is, like, being here in the States and, like, the whole feel of the academy and academics different than, like, say, London or Mongolia or... Well, there are definitely some huge differences. I'm just trying to figure it out myself is a huge mind job. <laughs> it's so hard, and it's just like... Um, so I started, uh, the NYP and I did the international baccalaureate program and I know the U S is quite familiar with the IB and I'm not really sure how familiar the U S is with the millions program, but it's kind of like pre-international baccalaureate. So we get graded out of like sevens as well. And we didn't get a GPA. I'm still trying to figure out how GPA works. <laughs> Think about going into Fairhaven? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool. It's like a, a mini evergreen. It's nice, but not for me. <laughs> like Evergreen's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm from Olympia. Oh, yeah. Both, both my you, parents are greeners. You wouldn't know that. <laughs> both my parents are greeners, and yeah. And so, yeah, I'm learning this stuff, too. It's like, yeah, Olympia, Evergreen State College. Yeah. It's the capital Big of Washington. <laughs> check it off on your capital list. Oh, yeah, definitely. When the time comes. Uh, School-wise. Like I said before, like, there's... Less of a priority on schoolwork, at least for the majority of people I met here than I did, than I did in the UK. Like they're always down for a good time as well, but it was always like, yeah, sure, let me just do this first, or I gotta get this done as well, or like, fuck, man, it's the extended essay. You can't go out now. <laughs> I know one person who dropped out of the IB because he just didn't feel like doing his extended essay, so he dropped out two certificates, and even then, it was like, on a bigger scale than it was for a high school degree here in the states. Like, they, uh, even, like, compared it and stuff. So, like, I get a 5 out of 7 on my chemistry test, mm -hmm. or even a 4 when I was in 10th grade, and I'd be like, oh, that's still an A in American standards. I'll survive. <laughs> I'll still get in. So, I guess, are we are we lazier academic-wise compared to the rest Probably of the Probably because the standards are so low. I don't know exactly what it is, but, like, from my experiences, just the academic scene here is not so big as is in the U as is in the UK, despite being a university itself. But I I've met people here who've like have that mentality as well, who like want to do like their work and like not go out so much because they have to work so much. For me I'm just trying to find a balance like my like my brother did. And like there's some sickening people who can go out and do whatever they want and still get A's. Exactly. I, or, I can't stand that. It's ridiculous. I mean it's not fair. I mean, when I was in high school I tried super hard and and I'm still trying hard in here in college, but I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely trying to balance having a life with my academics i mean i know for me like i knew that no matter what standard i had i was already on an average standard as far as the british goes <laughs> and i didn't need to do that so hard if i was going to an american university and i knew i could not afford private universities as well so i had to stay in, in state and technically i was in state for washington so i had the bonus of the financial situation as well as the experiences coming from abroad it's been awesome but like just like coming here, I felt even more lazier as well. But like just this week, I was like, just today, I just sat there trying to do my math homework for like 
four hours. I'm like, there's no homework due tomorrow. It's like a test. And that's probably the most studying I've done in, like, the month. Wow. I'm not proud. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, I lower my need to study based on the standards of the place I'm at. Okay. okay. Sorry, guys. Just how I feel. <laughs> um... So I guess if you're trying. I guess you're trying to get more. I guess alive. I mean, I guess in a sense here. Yeah, more or less. Just like early in this day, because like, I know that like I don't know what's gonna happen if I stay here for four years. I don't know if I'm gonna feel like more connected. I don't know if I'm gonna feel like the opposite of homesick. I don't know if I have the need to keep traveling. And like I know it's a bit a bit of a hard time trying to find a job right now. Like find a direction because I don't know if I want to keep traveling if I want to stay because I've always been traveling. So, so do you, I guess do you feel more more at home here? I mean, I know your family's across the ocean, but do you feel more at home here in the states, or did you feel more at home while you were out around the world? <laughs> well, they say home is where no heart lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be like I'm gonna feel like a bastard saying this. I don't feel so bad at being away from my family. I kind of oh, I don't either. Don't feel bad at all. Okay, I feel awesome. It's just like, <laughs> I, I miss my family. I miss like being in the home environment. But it's just like I don't really miss having like to go. I don't have to literally go see them every single time. I, I've met some people. I met one person who's from Bellingham as well. I'm like raised here in Bellingham. And I was in the dorm for a while, and she was like, "I miss my family. I gotta go back." I'm like. Well, okay then. They're right there. <laughs> yeah, it's I like I probably I don't like, know, maybe subconsciously didn't like really I knew that I couldn't, so I kinda of blocked up the idea. And I miss my family, but oh, yeah. once in a while. But it's like and I'm sure like there's times where someone can go like, Okay, then I'm gonna go back this weekend. It's yeah. easy. But like I don't know, it's just like it's different it's a totally different environment for me here. And like I like it. I like new environments. So did you feel so, like you I guess you were like you enjoyed the time you had, but you like you were ready to move on and like yeah. start the next part of your life. I mean, Pretty in a much. new place. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like I was getting myself ready. I was doing the IB diploma because I wanted to get here so bad, and like they got my eagle rank and like just did like all this extracurricular bullshit just so I can get into like any university I wanted to in Washington State, and I did. So now I chose Western. It was awesome. I found my Sigma family in the dorms. It's awesome. It's like meeting some friends in the, on the road. It's been fun. So I guess you cho- you said you chose Western out of all the schools. Um, was there like anything back back around the world? I guess like in a certain place, like culturally, that really attracted you to Western, or what? I mean, what what got you here at Western? How did your whole experience abroad lead you to this convergence here at Western? If I had to summarize in one word, it'd be like the liberalness. The liberalness. If so- that's a word. Just like <laughs> I heard, it, like Western is like really free, and like they have all this like all these free views, and they're so liberal. And my dad loved the university as well. I came up here and visited it when he was back in, when he was in the university in the 70s. And he, I was sitting down in the little cafe from where my school was, having like a panini. And he just gave me a little portfolio. I was like, we should I give a look at this university. Just like all professional like. So I gave the university a look, and it's like, I love the feel of it. Like I know in, U, in UW, it's like, has a really huge gothic feel, and it's like, a big traditional American university and like you get swamped and get lost. We're in Western, like the size is comfortable. And I love free thought. I love like tolerance because everywhere I've been there's always been like tolerance of like views and stuff. There's always no so, Okay, so there's always been tolerance. So is that so, so like, I guess drew me here as well because of that. Just like this ability to do and say and be whatever I am 
that just that idea of liberalness this is why I chose Western. So I, yeah, so all your all and the, it was cheaper, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I guess I guess the whole tolerance thing around when you were around the world and all the different places was really it's really affected your life. Yeah, it was big in our education. Like they always like want us like be proud of where we're from and always teach be like. Oh, you're from everywhere. Like, I have a Scottish, a Scottish homeroom teacher when I was in 8th, 10th grade. And she'd be like, oh, really? You were born in Edinburgh? And she'd be like, we all get all excited and stuff in her Glasgow accent. Like, just that whole, like, feeling, like, this that whole pro-multiculturalism aspect was what really drove me to, like, appreciate multiculturalism stuff. And Western gave me a $2,000 scholarship because of my background. And, like... It felt appreciated for what I was. Uh, you doesn't give me shit. And they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't care. <laughs> so do you feel like, I mean, I guess when Western is a really accepting place and all that stuff, but do you feel like the places that you lived before, I guess, more accepting? I mean, I mean, America is the melting pot, but we do have a lot of, I guess, racial tensions and ethnic tensions. Do you feel like it's it's more prevalent here than where you lived before or vice versa? I mean... Um, Hmm. I wouldn't say so much that like Washington was like less tall than like I thought it would be like this whole idea of liberalness that drew me here. But it's like I know that ninety percent of the people here are from Washington State, and it's not so much that they are like intolerant of other people, but it's just like everyone that I've met is like all nearly almost everyone that I've met is like from Washington State and like knows where certain things are and like knows certain things and does certain things like cultures and customs, just like things I'm trying to pick up along the way. And I'm always the one in the group going like, huh, what's this? Where's that? I, I don't get this. Um, what's this motion? I don't get it. I'm trying to like, <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is like putting your index finger and scraping across your top finger. And I was like, that's shame, man. I'm like, ah, call it shame. <laughs> and just like doing that. And I'm like, eh, that's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> just like, but like, I felt something excluded because I didn't know that kind of stuff as well. And it was kind of rough. But, like, I was, like, starting to slowly pick it up and, like, seeing these people, like, how they talk and what they do and, like, picking it up as well. And, like, I lost my accent the moment I, like, touched U.S. ground <laughs> pretty much. And, like, the South Koreans I met, like, I was had a slight British accent, but here no one in the U.S. could see, like, says this under British tone or whatever. But I'd say certain things. Now, you said you've heard this one a lot. Jumper, jumper. Now, What's yeah. a jumper? Jumper is to me a sweater. It's a hoodie. A jumper. I can say jumper and I'll put on a sweater. No, I know it's a one-piece article of clothing that women wear, <laughs> and I get teased about it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, show me a feminine side. Aren't you glad? I'm like, what? I don't get it. It's like someone explains to me in the second. <laughs> yeah. Just having some fun with that, really. Trying not so much see the whole, like, not being one of them feeling. But it's always like that as well. I was, like, the only, me and my sister were, like, the only Americans in my seventh grade English class. We had an Aussie, Mongolians, a North Korean. We had a South Korean as well. It was cool. (laughs) (laughs) They hung out. (laughs) So, I mean, do you think, did you have a harder time transitioning here to the States, or... Like when you move from Mongolia to somewhere else to the UK to Korea, I mean, do you have a harder time here adapting, or did you have a harder time back then? And if you did, how how did you I guess cope with it? Um, 
Well, South Korea, like, I know it should have been a little, like, hard for me to adapt, but, like, I was surprised by the level of English speakers we had there as well, and, like, by how freaking friendly they were. And, like, we heard, we heard as well that, like, South Koreans tend to be really super friendly to Americans, that I could stand in the middle of Incheongdong for, like, one minute to stand there, and I'd have a Korean walk to me, and like, excuse me, sir, are you lost? I did this, like, five times, like, playing around with it, and, like, I shit you not. This <laughs> is kind of cool. Um, I was really excited about moving to London as well. Like, all my, cla- my eighth-grade classmates, they'd be like, wow, going to England, going to see, like, a bunch of music and have fish and chips and go to pubs and stuff. Yeah, they said all that, and I did all that. And it was <laughs> awesome. And, like, and they all spoke English. That was, such, that was so nice. I didn't have to learn, like, I, my first language was Icelandic. Because I used to, like, I had a twin everything, so I had, like, a twin language and stuff like that. But then, like, I'd learn Icelandic as well if I, if I wanted to be playing with the preschool kids and being the kindergarten kids and, like, be one of the kids. My first year, I had to have a translator with me. They spoke a lot of Icelandic, and they didn't like that. So they put me, so my parents put me into the American school for a little while as well. And I'd have someone to help. Like, I have, like, this guy called Sam. I still remember his name. He helped me learn to speak English and stuff. And then, like, I became, like, able to speak, like, like, within, like, I'd say, like, good English. I don't know how to say it, like, professionally, but it's, like, I was able to speak a sufficient amount of English when I was age seven, which I know is, like, a little older than most people would think. It's, like, the whole language barrier. That's what made it a little easier for me to move from Mongolia to London. With London to Korea, it was not so much that. I was just going to... I didn't really have that in mind. I was going to Korea. I was, like, going to a hotel. I was going to go to a hotel. I'm just going to take it easy. It's going to be a vacation. I the IB. It's going to take it easy. And, like, I had that mindset, and I just enjoyed Korea for all it was. I didn't have any, like loathing or worries about Korea because that's not where I was going to go next Hakuna Matata Hakuna Matata that's so nice (laughs) then moving here to the US like my sister like cried under the pressure when she was on when she was on the plane she's like moving from the family going to a new country and like like I felt the weight as well but like she just like emotionally couldn't bear it on her own so she was happy that so my mom was happy that I was there with her as well and then like we came into the US like, I helped her get settled in Fairhaven. And, like, I told her, like, we're all going to be fun. And, uh, like, got Skype and stuff. But, like, we were virtually on our own this time. Except I didn't think of the times. Like, my parents sent so many care packages. It was so nice. <laughs> then, like, came to Sigma. Met me for the first time. Met some dudes. And, like, the pressure came off when I was starting to collaborate with people. When I was starting to, like... Put in some, like, culture and anthropology aspects. Meeting with the indigenous people and adapting to their ways. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I felt like the more time I spent here, the more the pressure was gone. But, like, when we were moving here, the pressure was immense. It was not comfortable going here, but it was something that had to be done. Whereas, like, all the time when I moved to other countries, I always had my family with me. So, it's not because it was just college. It's just, like, it was... Something completely different. We were the only one of our family in the continent, for crying out loud. It was big. <laughs> um, so kind of going back to the whole friends thing, um, how is uh, talking with the, the the female type people here different, I guess, than maybe... Oh, the ladies. <laughs> yeah, I guess with maybe girls in Korea or girls in the UK. I mean, is there any difference? And uh, the humor I use, I mean, for guys, it's important to make the girl laugh and take off attention. And the humor I use, like, for the Koreans, it works very well. Very well. They've been laughing and they'd be comfortable around me. 
end. So what kind of joke would you tell a Korean girl to... Well, it's not so much, like, joking as, like, oh, just, like, hanging around. I mean, come on, you're a dude. I can't, like, bust it out of the top of my head. <laughs> okay, like, okay, so, like, I was talking to one girl, and it's like... I'd be more sarcastic and everything. Like, okay. that's kind of, like, what the humor was. You, like, kind of joke around. And it's like, I was having... I was down in Seattle with some Koreans for the first... Like, for the first time as well, with the Korea students, university students. And we'd just be in a restaurant. It was a Korean restaurant. I had my first bowl of bibimbap, and it was so good. It felt so good. I love my... Gotta have my bibimbap. And, like, some guy would be like, Ugh, you're a bibimbap. It's so bad. It looks like crap. And, like, they'd be laughing and stuff. And it's like... I'd be like, yours looks worse. I don't even want to look at it. Like, they'd be laughing as well. And, like, we'd be laughing about it because, like, we'd be, like... Just like joking, like in a literal sense, be joking around. Whereas here in the U.S., like, gotta be a little more subtle, more witty. But it's more, it's more slapstick. Here, I can't really describe it so well. But oh, if I had, I here in the U.S., it's more slapstick. Like, it's more base in Korea. In Korea, I had to say, it's like the easier the joke is for them to understand, the funnier it is. Whereas, like here in America, like when I was. Hitting on this girl in Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> leave, and, leave names out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like I didn't have such an. I didn't. Have, it wasn't so much easier for me to pull out the whole humor aspect. So I spent more time keeping like calm and everything because like I can't really pull out the humor I was using back then. I can't really pull out the kind of humor that the U.S. males do for U.S. females. But it's like I knew that wasn't like as normal for them to understand as it was for, like, some of the guys. I always, like, feel it's more comfortable for them talking to the guys because, like, they kind of know how to talk to them because like, there's something that they're used to. It's been a little weirder for me. But, like, in London, I didn't really give girls so much thought. <laughs> but, like, I had, like, my ex for the last two years as well. Like, we've been online. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, you just, like, just, like, silly little things, I don't know. So, how are, I guess, how are American girls different than, I guess, British girls? I mean, is there, like, a big difference, or? The ratio between hot girls and normal girls here is incredibly high. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 not, I'm not kidding. Like, in London, in the UK, like, even the British guys are, like, saying, yeah, like, British girls can be cute. They can be beautiful. But where the hell are they? And we just did no idea. I mean, you have a nice abundance of attractive females in America. We do. That's why we're the best. <laughs> America. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's such a pleasure going to class. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my, in my high school, like, it had people coming from everywhere. I met a lot of Americans there. And, like, like my crushes were on the Americans there. Because they were so cute. And so beautiful, and like there's some Serbian, there's some Serbian girls that are some really, they were really hot as well. They're like, why am I talking about girls, man? This is important. I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean, I guess, I guess culturally, is it different? I guess talking to women in the UK or Korea than it is well, here. Like my female sphere in London was purely like international. I had people coming from everywhere. Okay. So like, well, it wasn't like if people matched up, they matched up. It wasn't like because like. It was, like, the country or, oh, like, because yeah. they wanted to. But, like, I mean, you said, like... Literally. Right here in the U.S., it's just, like... I think you said earlier something about, like, I guess girls are more comfortable talking to guys here. I mean, I mean, like, I guess... Well, we're... like, I meant that in respect, like, girls are more talk or comfortable talking to, like, other guys here. Yeah. It's, it's... 
I mean, well, men could be general, excuse I mean, me because I'm not so much the romantic, but like, <laughs> now nah, not lucky so far, but it's just like, from what I've been getting, it's like, it's easier for guys here raised in the U.S. to talk with the girls who were raised in the U.S. Well, okay, that makes sense. But, so, is it like, so I guess is it like that the same way back in Korea or back in the U.K.? Well, that was really funny, though, because like, in Korea, like, I'd be... <laughs> Don't tell my dad. <laughs> I hit on the employee. I hit on the employees. <laughs> and like, it was really. I I felt comfortable doing it, and they laughed, and it felt good. It felt natural. In the U.S., feels a little more forced. Cause like, can you? Can I you, can't really just. Well, let's see. Can you try uh, to? I guess try to explain that. I mean, what do you mean by forced? Forest? What? You said forced. I mean. No, like, I didn't say forced. <laughs> Wait. Pretty sure you did. <laughs> uh. Okay, what I was saying was like, I yeah, I was repeated as well. Like, it's easier for like American guys to hit on American girls. And, like in Korea, like it was easy for me for some reason. Like probably because like the humor there is like it's so simple, so base. Like you didn't have to like go about your way to make them laugh. It's just like it just came up in the conversation, like they laugh, and I did say something as well. I was amused, <laughs> and I just like talk. And, like, it, just, it just felt really natural. I don't know what it was, but just like. They probably have like more experience with guys who get that kind of humor. I can't. I can't really describe it. Just like uh, asking this question. It's <laughs> just like I've given you as much as I can about girls. Okay. Well, going off the humor thing, do you? Do you? I mean, like you said, and I mean, humor. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm curious. I mean, you said. Well, yeah. Humor in. Korea, I guess, was more sarc. I guess, like more yeah, sarcasm. More, yeah, and I mean, what? I mean, what's the what's the like the big difference between American humor and? I mean, you said slapstick, maybe. Well, but I can I can quite aptly tell you the difference between American humor and British humor. Okay, go ahead. That's serious. Like, I've seen a lot of comedians and stuff, and like, is isn't fun. Um, basically, British the British are way more wittier. Like. The, the things that they like, I used to watch Wooster and Jeeves, like that'd be purely British. We had like Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie, and it was a great TV series. It was British and it was awesome. I loved it. And like, then like, it's not so much like the actions that they do or like how they use their gestures. Like it's what they say. It's purely from the mind, and they were witty, and it was funny. I love British wit, and in America, like the comedy, it's more. Uh, well, like, comedians here simply don't understand as well. It was more slapstick for Americans as well. Just, like, the humor that they give off. And, like, they'd be lost for it. It's like, I was like, oh, fuck you. I'll show you a fucking bastard. And, like, they'd be swearing so much. And, like, that would be funny. Americans who are swearing on stage loudly and profusely would be hilarious. And some, some guys in the dorm would have some... It's very true. Uh, we'd have some guy, like... Wait, what was the guy who did the, uh, like... He did the impersonation um, for... I forgot, little, for Little John. Little John. And you're like, yeah, and now okay. Oh, and who's that guy? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah, he's a dirty he's... mouth motherfucker. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was swearing and stuff. And like, he gave like so many impersonations and stuff. And like, his humor is like more like copying people and swearing and like, and then once in a while, like, unexpectedly go deeply academic. <laughs> and then like, yeah, and like he's swearing and stuff. And we have some kind of that humor because, like, it's popular, and basically, we have so many Americans watch TV, more so in the UK. And the UK has had to adapt 
and make the humor a little simpler for Americans to understand. <laughs> so the comedies that, like, the actual TV sitcoms that they give for Britain, like, the, the humor they put there is more closer in origin to American comedy because of the slap, because of the slapstick, because of the easiness to understand. And it's almost at an Asian level. <laughs> and, like, uh, if I'm watching, like, pure British stand-up, like, yeah, sure, there'd be some guys who, like, be purely physical comedians who would, like, be using props or, like, pretend to be props and, like, be yelling to make it funny. But they wouldn't swear so much. Maybe some of the Irish comedians would be swearing a lot. I was swearing, like, Tommy Tiernan. And he'd be like, have you ever named someone? Like, loudly and profusely. And the audience would be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess being a teenager, I guess media and, like, TV is, like, pretty prevalent in our lives. Um, yeah. What about, I mean, how did... How did our, how does American television and media, like, different from, I guess, British or Korean, like, television-wise, like, entertainment? Oh, that's a good question. I, because I've watched a lot of TV. <laughs> um, what's your career? I, I can only give you one word: StarCraft. They have StarCraft <laughs> as a channel. I could flip to channel one ninety six. There'd be StarCraft. It was fantastic. I loved it. As a gamer, as a StarCraft fan, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I just had to get that out there. <laughs> Best game in the world. Um, what, I guess but, which... like, for me, like, because my dad was the government and stuff, we'd have the Air Force Network. Mm -hmm. And I had not seen the Air Force Network since I was in Iceland. Because, like, they'd only play in the bases and stuff. But mm -hmm. because there's so many soldiers here, we're able to pick up the signal and have the guys, like, hook us up with the Air, the Air Force Network. And I have American channels. And, like, they'd have Family Guy. And, like, I'd be watching TV here in, in the dorms as well. And they'd be having, like, Family Guy, Simpsons. We had commercials every 10 minutes. Whereas in the UK, they had it every 15 minutes. Mm, like, like advertising that. is huge here. So many commercials. So I've gotten used to it, but I remember hating it so much. It's like, I'd be watching, let's see, about 20 minutes of commercials for every hour of TV I watched. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It's awful. You poor people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, it's so much easier to watch TV in the UK. And, like, we have, like, I had Sky, so we had, like, ITV, BBC, BBC Two. And like, for, for the BBCs, there were no commercials. Ooh. No commercials. So, I guess, what was, I guess, this is just a personal question. What was your favorite TV show back in the, the UK? And like, what's your favorite TV show here? And like, are they similar or how I'd are they watch different? The, I'd watch the occasional Doctor Who. I would. It's a great show, by the way, people. Doctor Who, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put that out there, too. Um, My favorite TV shows, Britain. British comedy, like, I like comedy, I like humor. Um, I love Mock the Week. I'd watch it every Thursday, ITV4, at 8 o'clock. And it was fantastic. They'd have Frankie Boyle, Hugh Dennis, and it's this comedy stand-up show. Uh, well, not stand-up, but it's, like, it's a comedy show where they talk, discuss and make fun of the daily like events. Like, it's kind of like the daily show here. Like, is, is, is there a, a bunch of comedians? Or yeah, it's it kind of like, sounds like Who's Line Is three, It Anyway. But. Yeah, like I said, like it's a mix between Who's Line Is It Anyway and Daily Show. Okay. And they'd have um, three, set, like, three set comedians and like, or like four set comedians and like two guest comedians. And like they go over like the events of the day and like they'd make fun of it. And then they'd talk about like things you wouldn't hear in like the Doctor Who episode. And like they say, it was ridiculous things. And be like, "Welcome to my Dalek poetry reading," and it, it'd be so funny. And I love Doctor, and I loved having made fun of Doctor Who. I loved having made fun of like war films and stuff, as well as like the daily events. And it was funny, and it was witty, and it, like had all the things that I wanted on it, and it was hilarious. So, 
so if you compare so if, com, if you compare mock of the week to like what's your favorite american tv show and, i don't have one <laughs> like which one is there a show that you okay, like well, here like, or okay i was quite partial to your girlfriend and south park okay i'm okay. quite partial to them they seem i guess they're, i guess they're both comedy but they're, they're yeah, a but like, different kind of comedy oh they're both like I keep saying it. They're both pretty base. I mean, <laughs> South Park, they have a witty moment here and there. And I'm like, it'd be like, Kenny dying. If you break South Park and down, it is quite sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty sophisticated. Like, and the, like, the issue they deal with and, like, how they go about discussing pop media and, like, what's popular and making fun of it. And, like, it would be funny. But just, like, not in the level that I'm used to. But, like, I laugh at it, though. It's really funny. And like, see your girlfriend. It, it was just, it was just soft porn. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, in Britain, you get you actually get to see more, don't you? I guess. Huh? I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen some British television, and you swear, and there's body parts everywhere. I mean, yeah. East I mean, I have to East go Enders. on the internet <laughs> and find stuff like that. I mean, I could just turn to beat to one of maybe the BBCs and see something. Well, yeah, like, we had that on British television, too, but, like, I just find it more prevalent here in the U.S. Because, like, okay. I don't know, people make a big deal out of it here as we well. We are quite so. a sexualized nation. Yeah. We do that. And, like, people make a big deal out of it here, so they're like, oh, well, that's pretty big, and so, like, you make a big deal out of it. But, like, just wasn't, like, as big. It wasn't as important for the British people to see, like, an impressive pair of jugs in the middle of the <laughs> evening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't think you could say impressive things of I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Why did I say that? I think I think it was great. I'm glad you said it. Um so I guess it sounds like you don't watch I mean, television and like like what about movies? I mean I mean like movies like try to take in problems like American like normal things like daily life in America and like try to sh- show them in a, a medium but how did that comp- how does that compare to like the British the Korean like movies or television like how are there are there like n- normal day problems different than ours or from like British movies as well well like, I guess I mean the, the, mm. what they're trying to convey like like the like the average day problem for an American or like the like you know like the kind of everyday stuff like how is it different to like Koreans and British people, is hmm. it different or is it the same? Or well, I've seen quite a few Korean dramas and like shows and stuff, and like it'd be purely emotional. Like some of the Korean soap operas and dramas, it'd be like just like in in like in one minute there'd be an actress who would convey every emotion of the human being, and like in that one minute, like laughing, crying, like whatever is purely emotional. I guess I guess like it's because like Koreans like seeing emotional people, or like like seeing them like reacting realistically but like over the top as well because like gives them a sense of like oh man that is upsetting i should cry too and like be upset about it and my mom got hooked she loves dramas i, I love korean tv eastenders and I, stuff. no I'm, I'm totally serious i love korean tv i mean when i back back at home uh i have a my one of my good friends is korean and every time i go to their house their whole family would be watching korean soap opera oh, and nice. they would start <laughs> they would start freaking out when they're like you speak korean because i'd start laughing and stuff and they but I was only laughing because the people on the TV were laughing, and they were, like, upset, and I was, like, yelling, and so... Yeah, yeah. it's green TV's hilarious. I, it was funny, <laughs> but we didn't have subtitles, so that kind of pissed me off. Oh, I didn't have subtitles either. It was great. 
that was funny. What, what about what about the UK? I mean, is it how? I mean, the UK are are I guess pretty similar to Americans in a lot of senses, but how? Well, they, like as far as movies go, or just like media well, and TV in general. Well, both of those and like their everyday problems. I mean, how are they different or hmm. the same to Americans? Um, I guess they're pretty much the same. Like there be some like, like they had English Nickelodeon and like they like. I know some of the shows that they had there is the same here. I had to like give it a look as well as to compare them. And it's like the presenters who like be more obsessed with like trying to get the kids to laugh and stuff in the US. Whereas like in the UK, it's like they're more focused on like trying to get like to an STV program and like talking to those about and like yeah, from a joke in here and then making a fight for the kids, but like I don't know, it was like it was more emphasis to make the kids laugh in the US than it was in the UK as well. Or like for like some like the high school dramas, like oh, that's a good one. Um try and get one. Okay, like EastEnders. That's a really big that's a really big English program. And they had it it's followed me everywhere. What what is that show about? I mean EastEnders is about this little it's about like this collection of people in this neighborhood and like they live on the east end of the Thames, so it's like, so like not a place out. I'd be familiar with. <laughs> but like, because I was more central, so I only get it so much. But like, their access more regional, and like they talk, it'd be like it just be like one problem after the next, and one person leaving, one person dying, and like. Is a high school drama? Oh, not a high school drama. No. Okay. No, I was trying to think. Of high, <laughs> I was trying to think of a high school drama, but I couldn't really think of one, so I just went with one I definitely knew, like EastEnders, and like. Um, I had the same thing. I had say the same thing here as well, because like the drama here is like was really serious, and like even like an American drama as well. Like it was more like throwing a humorous mo- moment as well. Like can't be too depressing all the time. Yeah, it? exactly. I mean, here and there too. It's just like there's more emphasis in like the drama, I, the dramatic aspects of the like show, whereas like I know that America has some of the soap operas too, but like it wouldn't be like as big as the shows I'd seen in the UK, and like. Again, there's more emphasis to making the American audience laugh. Every channel I flip, there's more, I'm more likely to laugh at the American show I see rather than to like think about it seriously, like, be worried about the character or whatever. Although, like Scrubs is an excellent show of doing a little bit of both, which is amazing. I like, I love Scrubs. I haven't seen a show like that in the UK as well. It's like, just like the balance of emotions that they're trying to get the audience to feel is a little skewed, like skewy when you compare the two. So I guess are, are, do you feel like Americans are like more like unrealistic? I mean, we're just like if something bad happens, we just try to laugh it up rather than like actually face it and like think about it. Or how how does it different from I guess the UK perspective or the Korean perspective like of us as Americans like just putting problems aside or just laughing them off? Um. Well, from my like in media respect, I could say like. Like, yeah, I, I'm sure, like, in the American shows, they had the same thing as well. Like, they have, like, people trying to consider these situation problems seriously and try to, like, deal with the issue or try to escape from the issue. Hmm. Tough question, though. I mean, in the UK, like, they had the same shows and stuff. I mean, it just, like, depends on what's popular for the people as well. Because, like, in... Like from what I'm feeling, like it's easier for the Amer- for the American TV broadcasters or people who are making the shows. Like it's easier for them to get like base reactions, like 
So they keep it simpler. Like it's easier for them to get to get them funny or get them angry. So they'll just try to make them angry or funny. Whereas in the UK, like they try to like, I feel like they're trying harder to make it flow easier. So like, so are we like when, more simple? I guess compared not simple, but it's like the American audience demands more from television, more than like what would be natural. I'd say from like from like real life. So like some of the shows that I watch from the from the US would be more like over the top, you say. Interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> um is there like I guess is there what it like media in general, how's it how's it different? I mean I mean we always I always feel like when I watch the news here, it's it's always all a bunch of sad stuff and it's like never anything happy, but like I went to Canada and it's like the biggest story on the news was brand new road is being built. While here it's five people were killed in a gun uh, drive-by shooting. And I mean, I don't think golf has gonna be ten this time. <laughs> uh, how do you? How's the media different? I'm just like, uh, well, I'm happy. Like, okay, I'm not so happy. I think I can report that the media and stuff isn't so happy in the UK either. Like in like some of the. Like, a newspaper like the Sunday Times, for instance. Like, they always like to be going professionally and, like, talking about, like, the stock or talking about these really big issues that I can see, like, anywhere else. But, like, um, when I'm reading, like, the, Lon- the London Magazine, and they'd be like, death, destruction, disease, oh, if only Diana were alive. <laughs> just, like, just, like, stuff like that. And, like, it's just for, like, it's, like, way more of a topic. Like, trying to tell the UK citizens more, like, about how screwed we are. About pestilence, Jews, Muslims. And they'd be, like, really horrible about it as well. And, like, there's, like, more emphasis on, like, trying to get the UK to realize how much shit we are. Rather than trying to convince them, like, but, hey, a puppy was born yesterday. And, like, trying to get them to feel more, I don't know what it is. Just, like, but, yeah, like, you can read the same news in the US you find in the UK. They're like, yeah, five people died, and knife crime is big in the UK as well. In the smaller magazines like London Times and stuff, there or the Sun or like the Sun, there'd always be a knife crime, always some person getting stabbed. But like here, like it seems like more people getting shot. Well, I, or, uh, guns are outlawed, aren't they? In the UK, in a, like aren't they like super like restricted and? Well, I know like, you can get totally screwed over for carrying a gun. <laughs> I'm not really sure about specific laws, but like I know it's dumb to have a gun. <laughs> like, you just don't want one. So, like, they use knives. And it's easier. And, like, you read newspaper and it's like, oh, another teenager down by the South End got it stabbed. And he's a high school student. And, like, he's, yeah, like, students getting stabbed all the time. Knife crime is big. So, they, like, remember some of my classmates, like, having to tell us, like, how they got mugged on the way to school, for instance, and, like, lost her wallet. And, like, some guy would be like, okay, give me your money. Straight up, with a knife in your back. So like, they have to drop it and then just go for it. But I haven't encountered so much here. <laughs> so much. It's like, university students would be like, yeah, so I got some weed. <laughs> like, they wouldn't like, be worried so much about, <laughs> they wouldn't be so much worried about like, um, like crime rates or like about social security or whatever. It's like, it's really relaxed here. I, I said the weed as well. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's relaxed and as mellow as, like, getting high, I'd say. It's like, it's the feeling getting Western. It's like, it's really mellow, it's really chill, we don't worry so much. Hungry people getting the munchies, I don't know. <laughs> Just like, in the UK, it's like, we were more like, we were more aware of what was going on. 
Whereas here, I'm like, it's not so important. Okay. So I guess, I guess like that, that kind of wrap this all this whole thing up. Are you, are you, do you, are you happy here in the yeah, States? I love the U.S. You love it, the U.S.? It's, it's fun. I hope I enjoy the next four years. Well, I hope you do too. I mean, so do you, so you haven't, you're having a good time here in the States. Yeah. It's like, been fun. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess another question I just thought of, sorry. Um, is there anything you, you miss about I mean, other than your family, of course. But well, is there any like cultural aspect, or like I get maybe like food, Ooh. like you said, you love some Korean dish. And, All right, well, I miss being able to walk out of my house and go anywhere I needed and wanted to be within the twenty and forty minute walk. Whereas here, like you'd have to drive everywhere. It's so annoying. Like that's one big difference that has annoyed me so much. You cannot survive in the U.S. without a car. Cannot. It's impossible. Somehow I'm doing it. But it's purely because I'm a college student. It's like, I feel like if I move off campus, I'm going to have to get some means of transportation. Otherwise, I'm going to be completely screwed over. Whereas in the UK, like, it's easier, like, you can walk anywhere you need to go. I used to, like, walk back from school. Like, stop for a KFC on the way back, chill in Hyde Park, go back to school, and it'd be fun. Um, but one thing I liked about the US, though, that I don't miss so much that they had in the UK, was that, like, first thing I ever did in Washington, D.C. was go to McDonald's. I had to compare the fast food. Just had to. So I ordered a medium from McDonald's, and it was the exact same size as a Super and Burger King. I'm not kidding. It was fucking huge. And unlimited refills. Yeah, we're really fat here. And you're, yeah, and unlimited refills. That really got to me. I, I didn't think America would have unlimited refills. I always thought that it'd be like, okay, one drink, but get from there, but no refills, and pay for it again. But here it's like, oh, help yourself. <laughs> Please take everything. <laughs> you can just open up a whole new line of questioning. Oh, go ahead. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. Well, okay, well, so being it like I guess we've been talking about a lot of things that are relevant to your life, being a teenager and stuff. And food yeah. is definitely really prevalent. Food is definitely. I mean, I love food. I'm I love sure you love food. Too. I'm sure our audio buddy here loves food too. Thank but, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but how does I mean we since we have a lot of cultures here, we have a lot of choices for food, but. I mean, with all those choices, I guess we kind of get lost in the sea of all the food. But I mean, how does... Sea of food, I love that. Ha, 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 But how do yeah, how does, how does, I guess, cuisine here differ from, like, Korea specifically and the UK? I mean, do you, do you like all the choices you have here? Or do you miss, like... I love the sizes and quantities here, but <laughs> so if it was fat. just based on the food, I'd want to go back to Korea. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, when I think America, I think fast food. I think KFC, Taco Bell, Wendy's. I had not had a Wendy's since I had left Iceland. Now it's like, I don't know, over 15, 13 years ago. I don't know which exactly Damn. it was. And I, I saw Wendy's here. I was like, oh, my fucking God. I've got to try some. And, like, of course, I couldn't remember what Wendy's was like, but I remember that we had a Wendy's in the Air Force Base back in Iceland. I had to try it out. And, like... American food was a really big deal for me because we didn't have so much of it wherever I was. I mean, you can go down to a restaurant in Belgium and, like, it'd always be, like, so classy, so good. You pay some euros. It's nice. <laughs> but, like, in the U.S., like, you go to a military base and, like, my brother is my sister. We all look at his dad and, like, and we all be, like, in unison, Taco Bell! And my dad would be, like, all right, we can all go to Taco Bell before we do anything else. And we can all start a burrito and, like, because we didn't have... Like, Oreos as well. They're, you can only ever get Oreos and Selfridges back in the UK. And, like, you can get it, like, once in a while in Sainsbury's if you have, like, a sale going on. 
But if you wanted to get your Oreos, you had to go to a military base. And unfortunately, like a lot of Americans I met didn't have access to military bases. So they'd be craving Oreos like madmen. And I was thinking about setting up a little black market for Oreos, but it never went underway. We never bought enough. Damn. Um, yeah, like, I didn't have so much exposure to American food. Like, I knew it was always a big aspect for us because, like, both parents are American as well. And, like, they'd, and, like being raised in a military base, like, during my primary years, left an impression on me that, like, American food, like, is tasty. It's fun. And if I feel like going to get some food for a cheap price, just go get some American food. And it'd be fun. Because that's the kind of thing that fun that you do. But, like, having gone here, like, that was, that was rather foolish. I ate out a lot in these restaurants. I, I wouldn't even call them restaurants. These fast food joints. You just be a teenager. We yeah. all do it. Like, I just had to, like, I was a glutton. It was so bad. Um, like, I got really excited and stuff. But then, like, now that I had, like, all this fast food, now I'm getting, like, as much pizza as the world could give me from the dining halls on an unloaded meal plan. It's like I kind of miss having all this rich food around as well. Like, about like going down, like, let's have something cultural as well. Let's go down and get some, like, fish and chips. Let's go and get some, like, just like something really cultural, something that I enjoy. Plus, I'm an Indian restaurant as well. Yeah, I miss having that food around. I, I miss, I hated moving to Korea for, like, one sole reason alone, apart from my family and apart from leaving my guitar behind. It was the food. I love, like, giving my dad, even, like, 15,000 won, and that'd be good for, like, a whole week's worth of food. Well, no, I not hold it for like three to four days. So I go grab a lunch like four times for like 15,001 and go down to a bimbap cafe. And like I have my, like, I have like the people I'm working with like showing all these joints as well. Like these people who are like Koreans would go to have fun, like have food and make merry. And it'd be cool. And you saw this Korean food and I loved it. And it's like very familial as well having the food because like that is a little fire pot in the center and like you always put like the food in the center and like everyone would have their wraps and they'd grab from the center of the table and everyone would be grabbing food from the same place as well like yeah sure there's some cafes where like they'd give you like all in one huge like platter and artistic seasonings you want but I found like in the more like relaxed cafes where like just like the more popular areas it'd, like it'd be more familial and like more like just take like from the center like we're all family we all can grab the same food um, yeah, I miss that. I miss, like, a whole miss of, like, cultural variety around here as well. You sure we have a Vietnamese place called Pho Noodle. I, I, that's kind of cool. So good. It's okay for Vietnamese so, food. A Pho place is so good. I, it's good based on the standards I've come to develop here. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, I miss, like, the accessibility of, like, cultural foods around here. Yeah, you have to, like, go about your way of finding it. Whereas, like, back in Europe, I'd have to... I just walk down the street and I'd find like a new Italian place or a new Indian place. And in Korea, like I was engulfed in a sea of Korean food, which beats any American sea of food any day. <laughs> it was so nice. <sighs> yeah, I miss him. <laughs> Alrighty. This is, this is really informative. I get to yeah. know a lot more about you. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad we had this discussion. I'm glad it lasted six times the amount of time. Oh, we've still got like 53 seconds and we hit the hour mark. So I think it's enough time for one more silly question. One more silly question. Um, actually, I don't know if it's a silly question, but um, you were actually talking about like Americans like need their cars, but you said the UK you really didn't. So is there like, what's the difference between like, because here we kind of equate having a car and stuff with like like independence and freedom, like be able to do what you need to do. Yeah. But what about? What about in Korea or the UK? Since you always said you lived in the city, you really didn't need transportation. I mean, how's it? How does it feel different here? Like transportation well, is like a need. In Korea, I had a driver. 
So I didn't like feel so much need to like having to like, and like my house is like on a hill as well. There's no sidewalk where my house is. I had to like had the driver drive me down to the bottom of the hill if I want to go walking just aimlessly. Whereas like here, like if I want to get down somewhere, I'd like walk. I'm just curious. Have you ever driven before? No, I've never driven before. You've never driven a vehicle before. And I don't know how to drive. You don't know how to drive. That's why I'm scared behind the wheel. And they're like, I don't know, we were going down to like a bar one time, like with an RA who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Like the RA was going to drive us down to a bar and like have some pizza. And he had a pint and drove us back. And you're not going to pull the name out of me. <laughs> well, I wasn't. But I, I wouldn't dare to. I know, but like it was fun. And so he drove us down and like he offered me to drive for us. And I'd be like, I can't drive. And he'd be like, oh, come on. It'll be fun. <laughs> he wanted to see what I could drive and how I could do it. I'd be like, I just can't drive. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I was kind of like a kind of like a bicycle when I was first starting out. So it feels like that. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, back when I was younger, we're going to go past the hour mark. Sorry, this question needs to be answered. I mean, back when I was younger, I mean, most American kids, like, driving was, it was a big deal. Like, okay. it was like, it was like our first time of like a real independence. We could go. We could go pretty much anywhere we wanted, mm-hmm. but like that—that's definitely been a huge part of American culture, I think, for like the longest time. Especially, it's, it's kind of like a rite of passage as a teenager. But it sounds like a lot, a lot of places where you've been, it hasn't really been a big deal. I mean, no. So, so it was a huge shock when I got here. I was like, all these people are talking about like how like getting driver's licenses and being able to drive, and I was like, it was so big here. And people were like, hell's yes, I love having a car driving. I'd be like. Okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, in Mongolia, you were lucky if you had a car. So, like, there weren't be so many people who could drive because like, I was poor. So, you always had to get a taxi who, with people who could drive. And, like, there weren't so many people who traveled, so getting a taxi around Mongolia would be super cheap. I can get anywhere around the whole of the country. And I'm not kidding. Based on the rates that I've had so far back in Mongolia, for like a thousand Tugrik, I can go across the whole country, which is like about Germany, France, and England combined. For like on like a one dollar bill because it's so freaking cheap. Damn. I'd pay cents to go down to the sky market. Um. So I'm. I'm guess like what? Why would? Why do you think it's such a big deal in here here in America, but it's not? Probably because like the dependence that you guys have on being able to drive places. Because like you can't go to Bell's. Like yeah, sure you can take a bus, but like, I'm sure like it's easier to get a car down there. And it's just like, how did say this? It's like, like first like. It's not so. I'd say like it's not so big in England because like you don't need to. The public transportation there is amazing. The tube is a part of the English culture, and like um, being able to drink was a big thing as well. Because like people are like eighteen, nineteen with their IV diplomas. I mean, I was seventeen, so I was the odd one out. But like they'd be so excited. I'm like Independence, I can drink. Oh my goodness, you keep was like questioning for me. What we can keep doing? at it. I don't mind. It's just like, just like in the U.S., like you can become like twenty-one. Like by then, you're already independent. It's like okay, whoop de do. I can drink, but like you're in high school then, and you just get your degree or like your high school stuff, and you're with your friends, and you can drink, and you're high school students. You're irresponsible and willing well, to have fun and stuff. So you go out and have. A- I mean, high school students drink here. Yeah. That, that's what I was asking. I know they do. I mean, <laughs> how do you feel? Like- well, I want to finish the driving question first. Okay, okay, okay. Almost there. I got a little sidetracked with the alcohol there. That's I, what you the know next what's question's going to be about. Yeah, I, I, you know what's on my mind. I, Thirsty Thursday, come on, give me a break. <laughs> Just like, um, yeah, like, the, because there's a lack of dependence on driving around the UK, that wasn't such a big deal. I mean, I saw classmates driving their Mini Coopers when they have a chance to be like, oh, wow, I can drive? That's kind of cool. 
And like, they forgive that the next day. Cause like, okay, sure. Antonio has a mini Cooper. He can drive us around, but it's easier to take the bus down to where I need to go. I just want to go down Piccadilly Circus. I could take a bus stop there and I'd be there in like five minutes. Whereas like, because of the traffic in London, because like central London in itself is like 7 million people. And it's not a big place, but there's so many people. So like getting a car is kind of useless. Whereas like here is like, you need to drive everywhere. Like taking a school bus or like, I kind of like, I like to ask questions as well. Cause like, like once you were able to drive, like how was that, what was it like being able to drive? And like, what was it like seeing like, the younger kids like what were they you asking like? me a question in my interview y- yes i am um, i'm quite curious about driving to be honest here i mean i mean i when i got my driver's license i mean it was a big deal i mean like you'd look at everyone else that didn't have one and be like guess what i can drive people and, <laughs> i mean me i mean i didn't drive a car actually i drove a, i drove a moped and so it kind of it kind of put me on a my own little separate playing field and i have a motorcycle endorsement too and so my driver's license is packed with endorsements and stuff so i have a lot i actually i enjoy driving moped motorcycles okay i like mopeds more but um cars too i mean i i'm i'm a good driver i know i'm a good driver my parents know i'm a good driver you know they make fun of me and Hmm. i it's like the whole like driving itself is a lot of fun and it's just and it's kind of just like a status thing above those those younger kids because when you're younger you're always you're always like i really want to drive i really want to drive it's so cool i want to drive and then you get it and you're like well I'm I'm a driver now, and you guys aren't. You guys have to get to where I am if you want to be equals again, I guess. But <laughs> so like, it's not so much like being able to drive as well, but like it breaks down to like, sorry, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <my> interview, <laughs> but I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, I'm this is to... good. This is good. This is good. <laughs> okay. I like it. So, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask a question? Yeah, <laughs> ask a question about driving, and then I get to ask you one about alcohol. Oh, will do. Um, so it's like you get your driver's license, you're able to drive around, but then like, how does that change your high school experience? Um, when the second you get your driver's license, you can take a look at mine if you'd like. Mine's a little different than some other people's, so I've enhanced. But anyways, back to your question. Um, in high school, having a driver's license was it was a big deal because I mean, for me, it was being able to have independence stuff, but also. I already had a lot, of, a lot of responsibility at home, but when I got my driver's license, I, I got even more because I had to start taking my brother around, and it's like, you just, you get a lot more, with all the independence that comes with, you get a lot more responsibility too, because you're on the roads, and your friends, I mean, I was always, I'm always playing chaperone, but your friends will ask for rides and stuff, and it, it kind of makes you like, I don't know, not important, I would say, but like, the like, I don't even know how to explain it, but have, having a driver's license in high school is definitely, it's definitely a good thing to have. I mean, it, I don't know, it kind of sets you apart because not everyone gets to have a driver's license. I mean, a lot of people do, but also a lot of people aren't good drivers either. And so people find out who the good drivers are eventually. And yeah, it's just, it's a big deal. I mean, at least, yeah. And like, you can be able, like, use that to judge people as well. Like, that'd be first be like, more reliable. It'd be better to go out I drive this person <laughs> than that person. Well, not necessarily. I mean, a few of my friends. I mean, I'm I'm older for my group of people because I'm like right at the cutoff of the, the the grades cut. But um, like my parents, I had to. My parents didn't want me to get my license right away. And I know like a lot of my friends got my license before me, and they're younger, and they're not good drivers at all. I mean, it's <laughs> just because you have a license doesn't mean you're a good driver, and you can learn that pretty fast by being with someone in a car. And so I feel like. 
like having a driver's license is important, but the actual ability to be able to drive well is almost more important than having the license itself. Okay. That's kind of interesting. I, I can't wait to get my license eventually. I want to get a motorbike. But like, well, you have to take a motorcycle. You have to get a motorcycle and get an endorsement before you can drive that bad oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, speaking of endorsements, about alcohol. Like, I'm, I'm actually curious because you said like back in the UK, especially, I know, I know the drinking age is like high school. Yeah. Like, it's like in the middle or near the end of high school, you can legally drink. Mm-hmm. And here it's like, it's 21 and, but high school students do it all the time. So how would you, how do you feel like being a teenager and a young adult how do you feel like the drinking culture of our age is different from the UK as it is here? You mean like our age isn't like a college level? No, like I mean like us, like our generation, like like kids our age. Oh, like growing up with alcohol, you mean? Like, I mean, yeah, how is the drinking culture for people our age different in the UK than it is here in the States? I mean, because there's a lot of us here in college that, that do drink and they're still yeah. underage. And I know my drinking age is like kind of a, dispu- a dispute in like along the high school lines. It's like, I wish it was lower. I have like the being like, I wish it wasn't 21. All right, well, like, let's see. I can say, like, for instance, at the drinking age, like, I, what would you say was the time when, like, people started drinking in your school? Well, in my high school? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I definitely... There's, I don't there's always the age, outliers, but. a couple who drink super early, like, middle school, but I would say most people start drinking in high school, and most don't start drinking in high school until probably their sophomore or junior year, because their freshman year, they're like, oh, crap, it's high school. It's a new experience for me. They want to soak everything up but there I mean there are those partiers but yeah it's 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 high school but then some people some people party hard and some people <laughs> don't party and some people just like a lot of people kind of I guess experiment to an extreme like they just go all out their first few times yeah. and that's just stupid but yeah it's it's just it kind of it's really prevalent in American culture I mean our age our generation it's really prevalent I mean Personally, I think people do it, like, I think like, I think people originally do it to kind of, you know, piss off their parents in a sense. I mean, <laughs> that's that's what a lot of teenagers yeah. do. I mean, we try to we try to be rebellious and piss off our parents. And after because like I was curious. I mean, the drinking culture in the UK is kind of like you drink a lot earlier. Like most of us, like most of the people in my grade, which is like about sixty people. Well, like, well, actually, fifty back in like tenth grade, like we sixty. Which like it's pretty damn big for a school in the UK, but I know that it's like pathetically small compared to US standards. Yeah. So high school's two thousand. So statistics wise, it might be skewed, but like most of the people that I knew started drinking, they're like in their freshman year, and they're like well aware of alcohol and stuff at ninth grade, and like I knew someone started in eighth grade. I know like two people started in like middle school, and like just like went all out and they, like said that their parents let them drink and bragged about it. like oh hall had a little Jack Daniels before going to school and, like just bragged about it and stuff. And, like, um, so, like, I know that when I was in the IB, I knew that, like, a shitload of people drank. And I never personally drank with my high school class, which I kind of regret. Because I knew it was kind of, like, in a way, like, similar to college life here, it's kind of, like, a way for people to, like, like go the inhibitions and, like, just, like, explore. Yeah. Like, so, do you, do you feel like, I guess, drinking as the action itself is less of a, of a big deal as it here in the States? Because we try to, like... It seems like we like dramatize drinking here for like people our age, but it seems like drinking's like it's it's more normal. Yeah, and it's exactly. like just a part of everyday and life, especially in England, because like drinking there is huge. Like hell, my house is right next to a freaking pub, and down that street there'd be two more pubs: like Victoria, the Surrey's Arms, and Charles Dickens. 
best pool table in London. It was so good. And, like, but it wasn't so good in general because, like, there would be people, like, walking the streets drunk all the time. We called them winos. Because, like, they'd be, like, these huge bellies and, like, they'd be, like, screaming and chanting and, like, football and stuff. I mean, soccer. <laughs> it's football, it's, baby. It's yeah. football. I, thank you. I, I say football. I, that's my thing I did that, too, too. Like, but anyways, like, the drinking culture is, like, it's more like... It's gonna come either way. Like, in the U.S., it's like there's the option to drink, and like I know there's gonna be like a, a shitload of people who like have not drank drinking yet in the U.S. And there's a shitload that have. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the numbers, it's probably about balanced, but yeah, it seems like there are a lot of. Like, I'd say like like statistics wise, like the same in the U.K. as well. They'd be like the same amount of people who like would have drank a lot, but like mm-hmm. how they treat it though is like, I feel like drinking in the U.S. was like based on like. I went drinking once of like, like my, I had my first ever beer when I was 17 years old in Paris. The drinking age was like 17 or 18, I forgot which. And like, I had my first pint and it was awesome. And like, the things that they talked about and stuff, like while they were drunk, and like, it's more like it was so natural for them to be drinking and like, it's just part of their lives. It's like, it wasn't such a big deal that they were underage, that they were being rebellious, that they were like trying to go about their American lifestyles or anything. Just like, not just means of living. It's just like it's what we did, just as like it's a culture thing. Yeah, it's, just, it's not. It's, like, a big it's deal. what it's just what you do. Like drinking is a really big part of the British culture. Yeah, like, you do it when you watch soccer. You do it like when you get out of work. You do it when like like it sounds like the same in the U.S. Like you drink your beer and like you're watching a football game. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's, it kind of sounds like you're like saying that it's such a big deal. It's just. It's part of everyday life, and yeah, it's just natural. Like you're surrounded by people drinking, but in one way. people here, it's like it's taboo, and so making something taboo just makes rebellious teenagers do it more. Yeah, and that's why I feel like we dramatize. I mean, my it so parents much. didn't want me to start drinking at all. Like they, they would not be happy if they knew I was drinking here. But like, don't worry, your parents won't hear this. Interview. I know they won't. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank goodness, but. Like, Oh boy! If they are though, <laughs> in the UK though, it's like I'm sure of, like their parents are who like saying like now don't drink, but are fully aware that they will be like, at some point be drinking. Mm-hmm. I know that some parents from my high school class were like, okay, fuck it, I don't care, and like let them have their liquor cabinet. I was at a friend's house, and like shooting this movie as well, and my f- friend was talking about like how like his parents were not gone were gone all the time, and like. The maid was the only person around. My dad said, like, gave him absolute free reign over the liquor cabinet. So they'd be drinking while we were shooting a movie. And at the time, I didn't want to drink at all. But, like, they'd be getting a little drunk, and they'd be like, yeah, this is the life. And, like, and they'd be happy that they could drink and stuff. And I'm sure, like, they're happy to be drinking in the U.S. as well. But, like, I just said before, like, I kind of like what you said as well. It's, like, in London, it's treated just like a part of the culture. Like, it's how you go about living. It's not like it means survival, but, like, it's like... Something you do in your life, something that you want to do, something that's like a part of like being British. I can't describe it much better than that because like it's just how it is. But like in the U.S., like this whole feeling of rebelliousness is like, yeah, we're in college, we're underage, let's do it. Beer runs, kickstands, let's do it all, man, let's do it all. <laughs> Marijuana, that's this pretty big here as well. I don't know if I want to go that far. Okay, let's oh, keep the to the alcohol. And yeah, let's stay at the alcohol. I mean, okay. I, I honestly, personally, I had friends tell me about yeah. it. But. Honestly, personally, I feel like alcohol is like 
is a much for for me it's like it was a much major worse problem in high school than it is in college because i feel like in at high school people did it tried to try to be cool and try to do just crazy shit doing it but here mm. in college is like yeah some people do that but most people who drink just do it like i guess as a social thing i mean i've mm. been to a few like places where people would just have like a beer or two it's like it's just kind of like it's like like they say it's social lubricant it's just yeah like you just don't go like drinking like yourself yeah you gotta do it with other people well, yeah it's, but it's like and they they're not trying to do it to get like sh- like totally destroyed it, it's just yeah it's like they're doing it of more i guess a more responsible way i mean technically it's illegal but they're doing it more responsibly than they did in high school oh trust me i've had friends who've like had really rough nice drinking well. oh i'm well, that crazy. that too i mean that's bound to happen with alcohol in general but yeah it, it, yeah it, it kind of sounds like i don't know the drinking culture around the world's better than ours i mean i if we didn't make drinking i guess such a big deal it would it wouldn't be as big as a problem i mean yeah if we kind of did what you guys did like like incorporate it like in everyday life i mean when we're kids i mean i'm sure when we're kids we see our parents drink but they're like, oh, no, you can't have any, blah, blah, blah. Only well, my dad was looks at alcohol, and my mom hates the no, stuff. I mean, I hate the stuff. My my mom hates the stuff. My dad drinks on occasion. And, like, for him, it's like, he knows I don't like this stuff, but he would rather me drink with him, like, for me to get the experience with him. And so he can, like, teach me and stuff. Because I remember back in Mexico, like, he took me to a bar, and we had a shot of tequila together. I mean, it was absolutely disgusting. But, <laughs> and, like, I went to a wedding. Like, my uncle's wedding was just um during winter break, and... I was just, I just, just taking pictures, and my uncle's like, make a toast, make a toast. I'm like, what? And it's like, I'm only making a toast if I can have a glass of champagne. My dad just gives me his glass, and I'm like, thanks. Because he knows I hate the stuff, and he knows I'm just going to have a sip and be like, hell no, it's disgusting. But, yeah, I mean, but that, that's, what I, like, that's what I personally feel like. If we focus less on, like, how drinking is bad and just, like, try to incorporate as a, a normal part of, like, like drinking alcohol in general, because it's around the world... It, it's pretty normal. It's been yeah. pretty normal for a lot of human history. And it's like, it wouldn't be, a, like, I guess, like, high school drinking wouldn't be as big of a problem anymore because it would just well, be... What's funny about Nose, though, because, like, the drinking is there is, like, it's 16. And, like, and that's where they started drinking. Like, I have not met, like, a single Dutch person who, like, drank underage there because, like, the drinking age there is so low anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, my brother would be experimenting with Heineken for the first time when he was 16 years old. Well, see, that's, that's another thing, like... But the, I mean, not necessarily that the drinking age has to be lowered, but how it sounds like they incorporated it into their life. And so you're yeah. like, like, it's like a normal thing. Like I said, like here it's, it's totally taboo. And so mm. like teenagers want to like, do especially it. Especially 16, which is yeah. such a high drinking yeah. age as well. People want to do it like, cause it's mm. so taboo, but there it's like, well, it's a natural part of life and I'll get there when I get to it. It's like, it's not a big deal. But yeah, like I said here, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, we don't, like, our parents don't want us to drink, really, because they think it's a bad thing, and that just makes us do it even more. Like, if they just decided, if the whole American culture just decided, well, let's let's stop, treat, stop treating drinking as, like, a bad thing when you're younger, and just, like, incorporate and teach us more about it early in life, then I, I personally feel like our drinking age wouldn't be a problem, and it'd be more culturally acceptable. That's, like, your, like the culture you grew up in. Hmm. This isn't right. Well, this has been a very, very interesting discussion. I thank I you, so. sir. And I will stop talking in case we develop <laughs> some other topic to discuss on. Well, I, I definitely appreciate this. Thank you. It was a very eye-opening experience for yeah, me. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.